Welcome to this week's Energy Show. There's all kinds of engines for vehicles, for cars and trucks. And over the years, we've had lots of crackpot things like flywheels, like fuel cells are coming back. Some people are talking about powering vehicles with compressed air. But really, all of the vehicles that are on the road today, almost all of them, are powered by gasoline, and in some cases, natural gas, diesel, which is a different kind of liquid fuel, or batteries in electric vehicles. So this week, we're going to be talking about these vehicles, but particularly about diesel vehicles, because diesel's been in the, the news lately about how it's more efficient, but that there's emissions problems. And interestingly, I've recently had the experience over the last month to be driving a big diesel truck, and I've had other diesel vehicles in the past. And, and I wanted to just give you some of the insights and experiences I've had um, with these diesel vehicles. So just in the way of background, we're going to talk about gas, electric, and diesel vehicles. Gasoline is, uh, is by far and away the most popular kind of vehicle. Um, gasoline is the fuel. It's a liquid. It's um, very, very combustible. It's distilled from oil. And it's a tried and true technology. Basically, what happens is the gasoline in the car is injected into the cylinders in the engine. And this is either with an old-fashioned carburetor where the gas is vaporized in the carburetor and so you have this air-fuel mixture, or almost standard right now is fuel injection where a tiny bit of gasoline, liquid gasoline, is sprayed into the cylinder. And that gas and air mixture is compressed, and so it gets a little bit hotter. And then a spark, spark plug, ignites that mixture, so you get a little explosion, and that little explosion pushes on the piston, and it goes to a crankshaft, and eventually that turns the wheels. So it's, it's the, the gasoline engine is basically powered by thousands and thousands of tiny little explosions that happen inside the cylinder. And it, it's common, it works, it's established, it's reliable. The dilemma is gas engines are about 30% efficient. In other words, 30% of the energy in gasoline, if you were to combust it perfectly, only 30% of that energy is converted into work that powers the vehicle. The other 70% of that energy basically turns into heat. That's why you have a radiator. That's why the engine gets hot. So 70% of the energy goes away, but 30% of it goes to power the wheels, and that gets you moving forward or backwards if you're in reverse. So with gasoline engines, the mileage has consistently gotten better and better. The, the engines have gotten more efficient. The automobiles and the vehicles have gotten lighter. Losses in the system in terms of transmissions and fans and other gadgetry has been reduced. So now we, we get pretty good mileage. I mean, it's easy to get a car out there that's going to get 30 or 40 miles per gallon, which is pretty darn good. Now, the kind of the next evolution, first it was hybrids, which is an electric vehicle combined with a, a gas engine, and now electric vehicles. So talking about electric vehicles, and this, this is what we all pretty much believe is the future, um, basically you just have a simple electric motor driving the wheels. And some cars have one motor on each of the rear wheels, some cars have four motors on each of the wheels, and you can even have a, a car where there's one motor that, that powers two wheels. And basically the way it works is you have batteries in the car, and batteries are charged up from uh, the, the, the utility energy or, or, or solar or any other source, and the energy in the batteries goes towards running those motors that power the wheels. Very efficient, very simple, very reliable. You think back 110 years ago, 120 years ago, the first cars were really battery cars. They didn't really have the internal combustion engine perfected, but we knew how to make batteries and we knew how to make electric motors and you just, you know, 
plunked one of those motors on the back of a, a wagon with some some batteries, and you could kind of make a car. So these battery electric vehicles and hybrids are very efficient. The motors themselves convert about 90% of the electrical energy into usable energy to move the car forward. And that that's really, really good. And then what's even better in a lot of these hybrid vehicles and electric vehicles is you have something called regenerative braking, which basically when you put your foot on the brake, instead of compressing a brake disc or brake rotor and creating heat to slow the engine down, you're actually running a little generator backwards to recharge the batteries. So you're recapturing, um, they say maybe 70 or 80% of the energy that, that you use to get the car rolling. You can recapture maybe 70 or 80% of that energy and use it to charge the batteries up again. And it's cool if anybody has an EV or a hybrid, you can look at a display on the dashboard. And when you're driving, it tells you how many kilowatts you're using. That's basically how much power is being extracted from the batteries you're using to, uh, to drive the vehicle forward. And when you put your foot on the brake, that kilowatt number goes negative. So you can see how much power you're actually sending back into the batteries, and that's saving. So with these electric vehicles and and hybrids also to a limited degree, the electric motors are cheap. There's fewer moving parts in an EV. For a standard EV, you don't need a cooling system. You don't need fans. You don't need all these complicated emissions controls and things like that that burden typical gas or diesel vehicles. So they're less expensive and more reliable. But... There's always a but. The batteries are still pretty expensive. So an electric vehicle may still be a little bit on the pricey side, certainly comparable to a gas vehicle. But on an operating cost basis, especially if you're in a place that has low electric rates or if you have solar on an operating cost basis, much more cost effective. And I'd say that just about anybody who's bought an electric vehicle will continue to buy an electric vehicle and they'll, they'll automatically lean towards an EV as opposed to thinking about how to go back to gas because it is it's really, really good. Yeah, the, big, the only big downside is you do have limited range with EVs, but that, that problem's going away too. Now, one way to address that limited range issue is with a hybrid, and that's where you're combining a small gas engine with an electric vehicle batteries and an electric motor. So sometimes you can, well, normally you're going to be running on electric power, but if your electric power, if your batteries are low and it's kind of like you've got to charge up, but instead of charging up, you just switch over to the gas engine. Most of the early hybrids kind of automatically switched between gas engine mode and, and electric vehicle mode. Some of the newer ones allow you to select between gas and EV, but it's really good because it eliminates that range anxiety issue. And I've done a few shows on the Energy Show here about electric vehicles, and you know, you know, I'm a fan, and I just think it's the future of vehicles, and it's and it's just all continuing. One surprise, as someone who's been driving an EV in the summer and in the winter, and this is something that you may not know, but it's good to know, is you use a lot of the battery energy to heat the car on cold days. So I look at the little display in my car, and after I'm fully charged up on a cold day, it'll say I've got 32 miles of range. But on a, on a normal day or a warm day, you know, day at 65, 70 degrees, it says I have 38 miles of range. And that difference is that you're actually using some of the battery energy to get the batteries warm, and you're also using some of that battery energy 
to keep the cockpit of the car warm because you just basically have a little electric heater that's keeping the car warm. There's no, there's no gas engine that's creating waste heat that, that heats up the, the car. So gas or diesel vehicles use that waste heat to heat up the car on a cold day, but you don't have any waste heat for an EV. So you're going to find that your mileage is worse in the winter because you're charging the thing up with, you're heating up the car with electricity. Okay, so we talked about gas engines. We talked about EVs. The main topic of today's show is about diesel engines. These are where you're using diesel as fuel. And and diesel is basically, it's also from petroleum. It's kind of like gasoline. But when you're distilling petroleum, this is basically oil from the ground, some of the early distillate, the first stuff that comes out is diesel. It's a little bit heavier. It's less volatile. It doesn't smell as bad. It's not as it's not as thick as crude oil, but it's not as thin and slippery as gasoline. And it, it's a pretty good fuel. Now, the good thing about diesel, diesel engines, is you get better efficiency, better miles per gallon than gasoline. But the diesel engine's always cost more because the engines themselves have to be heavier and more robust to withstand the high compression ratios that are inside there. And what's happened recently here in California, and and this is going to apply to the rest of the country eventually also, is you need special fluid to clean up the emissions from the diesel. And this is kind of um, what's ending up being a critical flaw in diesels is you need to do a lot of work to clean up those emissions. So you got to buy this stuff called diesel exhaust fluid. Now, when I kind of look at the price of diesel fuel, the uh, which is higher than gasoline, I look at the cost of the diesel exhaust fluid, and then I look at the better mileage. It turns out that on a miles per ga- dollars per mile basis, diesel is about the same as gasoline. So we're going to talk about what those extra diesel costs are in a minute. So. In a diesel, and the difference between a diesel and a gasoline engine, once again, you'll have a standard internal combustion engine with a cylinder and a piston. And the trick about diesels, and this is an old technology, but it's a good technology, is the air in the the cylinder is very highly compressed. Now, when you compress any gas into a, a to higher and higher pressure, the gas heats up. What happens in a diesel is you compress it so much that the air in there is like 500 degrees. And then what you do in a diesel is you inject a small amount of diesel fuel. You have these little fuel injectors that injects that fuel right into the cylinder. As soon as that diesel fluid hits that really, really hot gas, you get the explosion. So you don't need a spark. You don't need a spark plug. So once again, just like in a regular vehicle, that mini explosion pushes the piston down, it turns the crankshaft, and then that moves the vehicle forward. So what happens is because the gas is compressed more, that it operates more efficiently, and, and the efficiency, the theoretical efficiency of a diesel engine is about 45% as opposed to 30% for a gas engine. In other words, 45% of the energy in the diesel fuel is turned into work that actually turns the wheels, turns, whereas the other 55% goes to heat. Now, we talked about gas, and, and with gas, it's only 30%. So you can see that on um, that basis, diesel's more, a diesel engine's more efficient. There's also some other benefits of diesel. Diesel fuel's safer because it just doesn't have a tendency to, to vaporize as quickly. It doesn't explode. I mean, if you light a match next to it and get it burning, it'll burn. But 
you know, gasoline, if you get uh, any open flame even near, it's going to explode. And the diesel engines typically last longer. The engines themselves are simpler. You don't have spark plugs and things like that. The, the engines are made stronger to, to withstand the higher compression ratios, the higher pressures, but they, they last longer. But the, the engines are heavier because you need more metal to handle that high pressure. And so there's advantages and disadvantages. You also, with a diesel vehicle, can use something called biodiesel, and that's fairly easy to make. I mean, there's people that would collect old French fry oil and, and convert that into diesel fuel and run it in their diesel cars. And yeah, I had a number of employees that, that would do that, and they'd be driving around these cars, and they'd kind of smell like French fries. But um, that was uh, that, that works, and, and it's kind of nice to be able to say, hey, this is a, a biofuel we could use. So why are we using more and more diesels? Because they're more efficient, and theoretically, the fuel should be cheaper. Well, the problem is the emissions from diesel cars. Now, gas cars have emissions too. And, and so what happens is gas and diesel are both hydrocarbons. It's a carbon chain with hydrogen on the ends, and you get lots of hydrogen molecules, lots of hydrogen atoms on there. What you, what you do in this combustion process is you burn that hydrocarbon, and the result is water and carbon dioxide and you get heat for work. Now, carbon dioxide, we all know, is a major contributor to global warming. Actually, I shouldn't say we all know. About 99.9% of the scientists know. There's some people that, that refuse to acknowledge that, but it's basically a big contributor to global warming. So CO2 is bad, but what's even worse is something called the oxides of nitrogen, NOx. The X stands for the number of oxygen molecules that are on there. It could be um, two or three. So you get these emissions of CO2, Gasoline has that. Any, any hydrocarbon will have that when you burn it. Diesel has it. But you also get oxides of nitrogen, nitric acid, which is what turns into acid rain, and you get ozone. So both are very bad for the environment. So we need to clean them up. So with gas engines, they've been continually improved. And, you know, you think back to what was creating the smog in L.A. and California and in New York. And, you know, we've got smog in other countries, too. What was causing all that smog was some of these oxides of nitrogen and other emissions that were coming out of incomplete combustion in gas cars. But gas engines have continually been improved. They started putting these things called catalytic converters in in the 70s, and that pretty much eliminated the, the NOx emissions, the oxides of nitrogen emissions. So gasoline cars for many, many years operate very efficiently. You basically put gasoline in, and what comes out of the tailpipe is carbon dioxide and water vapor and it doesn't even really smell that much like a like a car um a car of the 60s and 70s where you can actually you know smell the tailpipe emissions now we're still working on improving the mileage of these gasoline vehicles by making the cars lighter by making the engines more efficient but it's working pretty well with these controls with more with tinier engines higher efficiency things better better controls lighter weight cars It, it all makes a big big difference. So gasoline's a pretty good technology, especially for smaller motors. Now, diesels have the same issue. You're still going to generate the carbon dioxide and you're still going to generate the oxides of nitrogen, the NOxes. And you get those in gas engines too. But with diesel also, you get this thing called particulates. Those are tiny bits of carbon. It's the black smoke that you see from old diesel cars and trucks and you know, an old Mercedes diesel, the back of the car would be black or you see these trucks going up a hill and you see 
black soot coming out of the smokestack, out of the exhaust. So those are particulates, and it's nothing more than tiny, tiny bits of carbon, microparticles of carbon, but it's black. It makes black smoke, and that's bad. The smoke is really bad, and it, it gets in your lungs, and it just coats things, just bad for pollution. So we can reduce those particulates, that soot, by clean burning, by lean burning the engine, basically using a higher proportion of air than fuel. You're, you're running the engine hotter and cleaner, so you eliminate those particulates. But when the engines run hot and lean, you get more nitrogen oxides, NOxes. So to reduce that soot, we're running diesel engines lean and hot, and we've solved the soot problem, but now we have this other problem, NOx. We care a lot about the NOx, and hence the need for clean diesels. Now, the diesels don't smoke, but they have a lot of NOx emissions. There's two systems out there that are used to eliminate those NOx emissions, and, and this is kind of where we're coming up to diesels being good and bad. One system is from Volkswagen called the Turbocharged Direct Injection System, and that runs the engine very efficiently and supposedly get really low emissions. So this is what Volkswagen's doing and Audi and, and the related companies. The other system is called BlueTech. It was developed by Mercedes, and that uses a catalytic process and an injection of this diesel exhaust fluid, DEF, to clean up the emissions. So the, the Bluetech system is more complicated than the, the Volkswagen TDI system, but they've both been in, in the market for a while. Well, here's the reality, and we've learned about this a, a few months ago. The VW system doesn't work very well. All vehicles have to be tested, and in September 2015, the California Air Resources Board found that Volkswagen was falsifying their emissions tests. Basically, what they did in the cars and the trucks is they had software that detected when the car or vehicle was in an emissions testing mode. And it, only at those times did it run the engine super efficiently, so you got low emissions. Now, the problem is when you're running those diesel engines with the TDI system super efficiently, they put out less power and worse mileage. So it's not the way you want to be running the, the vehicle all the time. So what Volkswagen engineers did is they only had this software running in clean, low emissions mode when it was being tested. And they could kind of detect when it was being tested. But all of the times, they let the engine run in a normal mode where you got better mileage and, and better power. And this went on for a long, long time until September. And then Volkswagen got busted. They were cheating on the tests. What was happening in normal operating mode is the NOx emissions were up to 40 times greater than they should be. And there's rules about what those emissions should be. These VW cars kind of had friends that had them, the great performance, but they were basically fudging the tests. And Volkswagen's choice long ago was to install the Bluetech system, which is patented by Mercedes, but it was expensive. What happened over the last few months? Volkswagen got busted. They got $40 billion or more in costs to deal with this worldwide problem. Their CEO resigned. They're going to have to reimburse the owners of these cars because people thought they had high mileage efficient cars and they don't. They're going to have to fix them. It's a disaster. So right now, the best solution to date for a low emission vehicle is, is really Bluetech. And you run the engine lean. And in order to get rid of those NOx emissions, you use this DEF or diesel exhaust fluid and you add that in. It's a chemical reaction that happens in this aftermarket, this kind of whole system after the exhaust. There's a big chamber where the DEF is injected in and the DEF is made of demineralized water. 
This demineralized water is very clean water with urea, which is basically some kind of ammonia solution. And what happens is that DEF, which is water and urea, reacts with the NOx and it cleans up the emissions. You end up basically coming out of the, the tailpipe from a Bluetech engine after after going through this DEF system. You basically get air that's very, very clean. It's just basically water and carbon dioxide. And the oxides of nitrogen are all turned into just you know pure nitrogen molecules, which is nitrogen gas, which is normally in the air anyway. And the, the people who are selling these cars like to point out that the air that's coming out of the blue tech system is cleaner than the air going in. I just like to point out that there's not a lot of oxygen in that air, so you're not going to be able to live off of it. So what happens is that this is a common system. But the practical issues with these blue tech systems can be problematic. I spent the last month driving a brand new diesel truck. It's a great truck. It has reasonably good performance for for the size of the engine and what it was designed for. And I'm sure that that engine is going to last half a million miles. And I'm sure the engine runs pretty efficiently. But I'll tell you, dealing with that DEF, that diesel exhaust fluid, was a pain in the neck. It's hard to find places that have DEF. Most gas stations sell diesel. But two out of three of the gas stations that I went to to get diesel didn't have the DEF that I needed to run the truck. So I'm like filling up at one place and then going to two or three other places or an auto parts place to find this DEF. And it's also messy to fill the DEF tank. There's a separate little tank. It's kind of like the the windshield washer fluid, but it's a little bit bigger. And you have to replenish that every four or so tankfuls of diesel. It's a pain in the neck. So it's inconvenient. Now, when you look at the economics... One would say that diesels are more efficient, they get better mileage, but diesel fuel costs about 10% more than gasoline. And when you add in the cost of the diesel exhaust fluid, which I was kind of looking at, it was costing me about $4 a tank, my costs for the diesel outweighed the costs of a comparable gas engine in terms of efficiency. Plus, the diesel vehicles cost more because of the added cost of these emission systems. You look at, in order to retrofit, an old diesel vehicle and people are retrofitting trucks. It's like five to $8,000 to add on this system. And there's kind of a less, but still a significant cost when it's done when the vehicle is manufactured. And these emission systems also require more maintenance. There's just more stuff that goes wrong there. It's not just a regular catalytic converter and a muffler. So my conclusion after you know, driving Gas cars, battery cars, hybrid cars, diesels. We used to have a lot of diesel trucks at my solar company, Cinnamon Solar and Kina Solar. My conclusion is the diesel engines, no doubt, fundamentally more efficient, but they're fundamentally dirtier with particulates and NOx. And in order to clean up those emissions with the diesel exhaust fluid, and there's also this thing called a diesel particulate filter, the control systems are complicated and expensive. And the end result is that the mileage savings that you could get by a more efficient diesel engine are offset by the extra expense of this diesel exhaust fluid and the extra expense of diesel fuel itself. Plus, it's a real pain in the neck. So if you're looking for great mileage and great efficiency in a car, I'd say get an EV or a hybrid, kind of no doubt about that. If you're looking for long range and convenience, a hybrid is good or a gas vehicle is good. And you're even seeing long haul trucks converting from diesel to compressed natural gas. They just run a compressed natural gas, super clean fuel, fairly abundant, fairly cheap. 
even for trucks, when you kind of run through the numbers, and, and this is contrary to what you may see on, on the highways, but even for trucks, gas is probably better than diesel because of all these emission requirements. And, you know, next time I buy a truck or rent a truck, I'm, I'm just going to get the gas vehicles because it's just easier to manage. And when they have short-haul battery vehicles, I'll probably get those too. So in the overall scheme of things, I think diesel engines, great concept, but it's going to be an evolutionary dead end. I just say, think carefully about getting any diesel, especially for a car, because it's a pain in the neck. Anyway, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for joining us today. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts. Thank you.